Welcome to the Strength and Dignity podcast, where we discuss Christian lifestyle, scripture, biblical concepts, and hear testimonies from various guests. I'm your host, Kelsey Pryor, and I hope you find encouragement, solid teaching, and thought-provoking concepts here. Welcome to our series on the Sabbath, where, through the course of various episodes, we will be discussing the Sabbath throughout the Bible, Sabbath throughout history, what the Sabbath means to Christians today, as well as stories from people who keep the Sabbath. If you enjoy this content, please be sure to share with your friends. All right, let's dive into the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Strength and Dignity podcast. We are continuing in our series on the Sabbath and exploring what the Bible and history has to teach us about Shabbat and having a day of rest. Today, I have my mom here with us. Hello, mom, April. Hello, hello. (laughs) Um, Last time we talked with my dad, Jeremy, and he walked us through scripture. If you haven't listened to that that episode already, I suggest listening to that one first. He talked us through about how the day of rest really started in creation and how it's something that God identified as something that our bodies and souls actually need. All the way through the New Testament to when Jesus says in Mark 2 that he is the Lord of the Sabbath and that is a gift to us. And so if you want a summary kind of of what scripture, um, historically through scripture, where Shabbat pops up and um, the significance of that, I suggest going back and listening to that episode. But in this one, we're going to be talking about a little bit more modern history um, that like as in after the New Testament up to today, why it's not as widely spoken about in the church today, um, how the rise of Christianity kind of led to the um, demolition of Shabbat. Okay, so in scripture, the first place that we're going to pick up from is in Acts 10. And um, if you're familiar with the New Testament, after Jesus leaves, it's his disciples that are in charge of making other disciples and spreading the gospel. Um, and that's that was primarily done from Jews to Jews at the very beginning. Um, and so in Acts 10, Peter gets this vision um, that it'll take me a long time to explain it. So I just suggest going back and reading Acts 10. But he basically gets a vision And the gist of it is God says, do not call anything unclean that I have called clean. And um, the conclusion of that is that the gospel is not only meant for the Jews, it's also meant for the Gentiles. So Peter had to take this revelation. Gentile just means anyone who's not ethnically Jewish. Um, Peter had to take this kind of revelation to the current church, which was primarily Jewish, um, in Acts 11 and tell them, I think we're supposed to be spreading the gospel to the Gentiles. And then all throughout Paul's ministry, throughout all the epistles, you can see he really addresses various topics like um, like the Sabbath, like festivals, um, and like eating and drinking with someone who's not kosher, circumcision, stuff like that. So a lot of the New Testament is geared around trying to explain to Jews how um, we're not justified under the law anymore. And so, um, how to handle that when it comes to the Gentiles who are not keepers of the law. So that's a whole nother like hours and hours and hours of teaching. But basically that's kind of where we come from in the um, New Testament. And then moving into kind of more modern history, mom's going to talk a little bit about how the church kind of flipped that over and how you how um, the rise of Christianity led to them believing that in order to be Christian, you couldn't like be Jewish at all. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about how that started. Yeah. So if you can imagine being in that time period, um, let's say you're a first century believer in Yeshua, Jesus. So um, you have to remember Jesus was Jewish Mm -hmm. and he came to the Jews 
And so to most, the Jew first, then to the to Gentile. the Jew first. That's right. And so all of his companions, all the people that were following him, and then eventually a few more that weren't and that were Gentiles did join into his following when he was still alive. But he was there to the Jewish person. Mm-hmm. He fulfilled the law um, through his coming and the way he did everything. Um, and so what's just fascinating about this is that he. Um, release them from a lot of the the need to observe these things so tightly mm-hmm. be, in order to get their salvation or in order mm-hmm. to get their approval by God. Yeah. Um, the only thing that they needed to do was confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and mm-hmm. um, they would be saved. And so to, to go from there into, okay, so Jesus dies, he, he rises again, his, he has defeated death, he's the ultimate. Um, victory has been won. He ascends and he leaves behind the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So then the persecution gets turned on heavy right then. The people oftentimes, um, they had to scatter because of the the Roman oppression. The temple gets destroyed in Jerusalem in the year 70 AD mm-hmm. and um, the people are scattered. But they are scattered as believers in Yeshua with a Jewish history. Yeah. <laughs> they are um, ethnically Jewish and they believe that Jesus was the Messiah, that mm-hmm. he has come and he's fulfilled the law and he's the one, the long awaited one. And um, they're spreading the word. So a lot of people they're spreading to are, happen to be Jewish. Well, then a lot of people that they spread to happen to be Gentile. And so um, by the year 300, we have Constantine, the Roman emperor Constantine, and he decided to legalize Christianity. So you might think, oh, what a relief. Now they're not gonna get persecuted. Yeah. Um, Few, but actually, what, what this does is it starts to require everyone to be a Christian mm. by law. And so it takes away the choice of religious freedom. And so he started, and, and the, the Christianity that he was um, requiring had a definite Catholic connotation to it with all mm. these, the catechisms and all these things. And so if you do research, you can, you can, go much deeper into that. That's like, Mm -hmm. we could talk forever and ever about what was happening during that time. If you fast forward to the 1400s, 1492, when the Spanish Inquisition happened, um, which was, I don't know if you know much about that, but that was a time in history where there were multiple times over and over and over again through the centuries where the Jews were getting persecuted. Mm -hmm. And one that is highlighted is the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah. Um, in 1492 in Spain, they were also spreading Christianity Mm -hmm. and wanting it to be pure. And so they wanted to make sure that everyone had converted to Christianity, to their version. And Mm -hmm. so what that meant for them was turn away from your Jewish ways and convert to Christianity. Mm. And so what happened with that was a lot of the Jewish practices got um, thrown out by necessity. Because they were given a choice. Because they were given either... a choice. You can be expelled mm-hmm. or you can stop being Jewish mm-hmm. is what they thought. And so... Which the, is just fascinating, fascinating real quick to like dial into actually what Jesus taught. He never like it, it specifically that Mark 2 passage is just so significant to me because he says that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The son of man is Lord over the Sabbath. He never said, oh, we don't have to do Sabbath anymore. Didn't you hear? Um, 
And so this obviously pertains to a lot more than just the, the Sabbath, but um, yes. there's this quote that this, um, it's the most persistent Jewish practice. It's every single week. And so like all the other festivals are like Passover are like once a year and they're still super significant, but Sabbath is every week. And so if you're someone that keeps the Sabbath, and especially during the Spanish Inquisition, you were, you were risking your life every single week. It wasn't just once a year. That's right. So it doesn't take much research to um, to like just Google Spanish Inquisition Shabbat. And remember, Shabbat is just the Hebrew word for Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And the, um, what 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 will be revealed, what you'll see is how um, the even the neighbors, like people were told by the government, watch your neighbors. If you don't see smoke coming out of their chimney on on Saturday, that means they didn't light a fire Friday night and they're practicing the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. That was one of the rules that the Jews keep is do not light a fire on the Sabbath. And so they would watch for things like that. Then another another symbol would be if you see if you look through their window and you see them lighting two candles on Friday night, that means they are starting mm-hmm. Shabbat because that is one of the practices of the mother lights a candle mm-hmm. to kick off the Shabbat dinner. If you see them laying their hand on their child's head, mm. they're blessing their child. Yeah. You better stop it. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. That's them being Jewish. Mm. And so people were turning in their own neighbors about this and they were their neighbor, they were requiring people to turn in a certain amount of people per wow. time period. And so people were on the hunt looking for someone they could report so they wouldn't get in trouble. Mm. So it was just absolutely um terrifying in that time. So the people that Mm. kept Shabbat, the Jewish people that decided that in spite of all the persecution, they were going to keep the Sabbath is fascinating to Mm. me. And um, that we really owe a lot to them that they were brave enough to keep it. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to the Holocaust and, Mm -hmm. you know, the 1930s, 1940s, when the persecution was ramping up, even early 1900s, that that same thing was happening when when people were getting the yellow star, when they were, it was like they would set them, they were set apart Mm -hmm. by whether or not they kept the Sabbath. And so this has been um, kept kept from us as believers, mm-hmm. um, we have been robbed mm-hmm. by of a Shabbat, mm-hmm. of keeping a day of rest, of having the idea of this family meal that happens once a week, where blessings get passed mm-hmm. on, where we acknowledge that God can, God did it. It yeah. is finished and he did it. And now we, like what a way to honor the Messiah mm-hmm. <laughs> to keep the Sabbath and acknowledge that he is the one giving us rest because of what he did. That's the only way we can rest one day and that the world doesn't need us. The world's not gonna fall apart if we yeah. rest for one day, all of those things. And so we, um, that's part of, it's like reclaiming something that is from our God that mm-hmm. he established and he ordained it even at um, the time of creation. I think yeah. Jeremy mentioned this in his um, podcast about how God established this during creation yeah. and before he even established the Jewish in people. In his perfect world, in his in his perfect creation in the Garden of Eden before sin. It's not like, oh, now sin's entered the world and everything's terrible and so I'm gonna force you to, either you need rest now because sin and you know you're working hard or I'm gonna force you to have one day where you don't do work and you know it's like it was in his perfect creation God himself decided there needs to be a day it it is very good that there be a day 
of rest. Yes. It's just so fascinating to me that it's established in creation and it's never abolished through the new covenant. That's right. And it, it's, it's God made it for humans, mm-hmm. you know, and that's when Jesus said, I made, I made this for humans. He, mm-hmm. did, he, he didn't say I made this for the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. He said, I made this for humans. And we have so much to be thankful to the Jewish people because they are the ones who have kept it yeah. through the centuries and yeah. the persecutions. And um, we can learn so much from them about that. Now, a lot of them haven't, don't acknowledge that Jesus was the Messiah. Yeah. And so um, we just keep praying that that will come into a fullness. But um, in the meantime, what a gift that we've been mm-hmm. given. And um you know, when we first started doing the Sabbath years and years ago, keeping a day of rest and starting it off in the evening with a meal, mm-hmm. um, many people said, what, are you are you Jewish? Are yeah. you trying to be Jewish? Yeah. <laughs> and um, the answer is no, we're not. Mm-hmm. But we have certainly learned a lot from the Jewish people mm-hmm. and what a gift. And we're so thankful to them for that. Yeah, absolutely. And so now I want to go into a little bit about how a believer and follower in Jesus would keep Shabbat. So what does that even look like if we're not trying to like read the entire Torah law about Shabbat and keep all the laws if we understand that we are that the law has been fulfilled in Jesus and we no longer need to keep to that but we still want to keep a Sabbath what what do you do so mm-hmm. like what does that day look like how do you even rest like what are the, are there rules that you're supposed to keep stuff like that how do you view that as a Christian yeah well I think our heart is always asking for the rule yeah. tell me to do I want to do it I want to do it right yeah. I want to do the the way it's supposed to be done. And so that's just a normal question Mm -hmm. to ask. Um, But what the heart of Shabbat is a total trust and reliance on the Lord Mm -hmm. that he will provide, Mm -hmm. that he will, that he can keep on working on things even when you can't Mm -hmm. see him. You know, there's that worship song that says, even when I can't see you, you're working. Mm -hmm. And I just love that. To me, that's Shabbat summed yeah. up, you know, like, oh, I don't need to be worrying and fretting about mm-hmm. this relationship or that person or where they're at or my job or this, how we're going to make ends meet or how, like all the things that we could be worrying about. Um, we can release that to the Lord. And I feel like whenever I sit down at the table on, a, we do our meal on um, a Friday night. Mm-hmm. That's another thing where we are free from when yes. we have to Which keep it. is one thing just to backtrack one second on. That's one reason that the Christian Holy Day is on Sunday is because they're trying to completely detach from any Jewish way of doing things. So because their Holy Day or their day of rest was on Saturday, um, Christianity said, okay, so ours has to be a different day. So that's why we view the Holy Day or God's day, the Lord's day or whatever as Sunday, which is nothing wrong with that, but that's kind of when that changed. Mm -hmm. And so um, you like, there's no rule about when to keep it like that if they're if they're what like we're you know again I'll just repeat it we're freed from the law we it's been fulfilled and so now it's just a gift and um so whatever day that works best for you we like to do it Friday night to Saturday night yeah. we used to do it Saturday night to Sunday night but it just works better for our rhythm now to do it Friday to Saturday yes um so sorry go ahead no it's okay so remembering that you're free from which day you keep it you know we talk to a lot of people who the one of the spouses is a first responder for their job and Mm -hmm. so they like work two days and they're off one and then they work two days and they're off one or they have some kind of odd Mm -hmm. schedule like that and they can't take the same day every week Mm -hmm. or they have just weird shifts Mm -hmm. or they're in the military and um, that kind of thing so 
um, or they travel a lot for their job. And so we've encouraged them to just think creatively. You are not bound to doing it every Friday night at this time mm-hmm. or whatever. So um, we had the privilege of getting to be in Israel multiple times. Mm-hmm. And we, through that, we have seen how they practice Shabbat. And it is crazy to see a whole entire country. Well, I mean, different cities are more religious than others. Mm. We spend a lot of our time in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, um, everything shuts down. There is a Shabbat siren that goes off. It sounds like a tornado siren every Friday when the third star appears in the sky. Mm -hmm. And that's when everyone knows you better be sitting down at your table ready to eat by that time that goes off. And we're going to light the candles at that time. And um, and then, you know, you have a day where everything's shut down. The bus system's shut down. The, it's almost like the quarantine. Yeah. Dad <laughs> briefly mentioned this. There's a book called 24-6. I don't, it's about, about Shabbat, but that's on all the convenience stores yes. have a sign that say 24-6 instead of 24-7 because you just know they're going to be closed yes. on Shabbat. No stores are open. You you know, like the three restaurants in the whole uh-huh. entire city of Jerusalem that are open on Shabbat that you can go to. They're yeah. obviously not kosher. So there there's this whole, to watch a whole country be affected by this one day is fascinating Mm -hmm. and um anyway so that there again there's no rule or no law um but even in the hebrew language the days of the week okay so sunday is called yom rishon which is day one the first day the first day and then monday is called Yom Shani, which is day two, and so on and so forth, to day three, day four, day five, day six. And then when it comes to day seven, it's not called day seven. Mm -hmm. It's called the day of ceasing. Yom Shabbat. Shabbat. One of the interpretations for Shabbat is to cease. Mm -hmm. And so it is the day of stopping Mm -hmm. on Saturday. And so that's a that is another, you know, argument for it being on Saturday being your day of rest. But, yeah. um, and then the reason it starts usually in the evening before, um, the, that also comes from creation when God said it was evening and it was morning and de- that was day one. Yeah. So he, um, he could, that was Sunday mm-hmm. in other words. <laughs> so um, it started in the evening. And then, so a lot of the way that, that the Jewish people will celebrate a holiday, it starts in the evening. Mm-hmm. All of their holidays start that way. Yeah. And so Yom Shabbat. Yeah. It's just on. interesting because it's like, if you think about it, it actually makes sense because you have to prepare. Yeah. You, you can't just wake up in the morning in Shabbat and expect your house to be clean or mm-hmm. expect like, what are you supposed to all roll out of bed like um, and like do something across, over the table like for breakfast? You could, but it just if you think about it, it actually makes a little bit more sense to have this feast at night to usher in and like like we call it crashing into Shabbat. Like yeah. like we're working from like four to six. We get the house clean. We make dinner. We have people over. Um, and then it's just kind of this crashing into Shabbat. And then like that whole night, it's just like, you can just elongate it however long you want to in conversation, watch a movie, like sit around a fire, sit around the table just for like hours more than you normally would. So it's just interesting that it actually kind of makes more sense than you would originally think about like first thought, like why would it start in the evening? Um, and then we usually end our Shabbat around like 6 p.m. ish on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to do another episode with one of my siblings where we're going to talk a little bit more practically about what that looks like, our favorite things about it, some things that could sometimes be hard, and then just the way that it's um, kind of changed throughout our life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also want to talk to a friend. I have a couple friends in Israel. I'm going to hit up and see if one of them wants to talk to me about um, keeping Shabbat actually in Israel. But yeah, I hope this like 
overview throughout history helps you kind of understand more of a Christian perspective Mm -hmm. on Shabbat because I think that can be confusing. Like if you're not Jewish, if you're not trying to be Jewish, and if you are a follower of Jesus, what does this word even mean? Like um, how are you supposed to rest? What does that even look like? So I hope this was helpful. Do you have anything else to add? No, I think that's it. Okay, awesome. Thanks so much for sharing with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Strength and Dignity. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you leave us a rating and review. That would help us out a lot with the algorithm so we can reach more people looking for encouragement in their faith journey. Hope you tune in next time.